0: Hey, it's matt i'm back and i'm really glad you're here you are listening to the matt ramage tv podcast uh today we're going to talk about uh life and planning and uh i was feeling uh 18 months ago that you know i wasn't sure what was you know to come what you know the next steps in my life i should take and uh this this episode is about getting yourself back to a place where you feel like you're just getting started enjoy Month, I'm turning 34 years old. I get mixed reactions when I tell people that. Uh, a lot of people are like, "Oh, you're just you're just a baby, or you're you're still such you're so young." Um, and I think they're saying that um, as far as like their experience in relation. It's obviously uh, it's not 20 year olds saying that to me. Um, you know, it's people who are further along the road than I am. Um, You know, and I don't feel like I'm just a baby. Uh, April marks 10 years officially for me having a business here in Saskatoon. I still remember my first business license with April 2010 on it. It was so real. And there are a lot of mixed feelings when it comes to running a business. Over time, you'll have lots of wins and some losses. You You could call these metrics or milestones or whatever you want, really. One of those metrics for me is how many weddings I book a year, the most weddings I've booked in a year is 30. And that's a lot actually for Saskatchewan. Uh, I mean, it's no world record. If you, if I was a wedding photographer, you know, in a beautiful place like LA, I could probably hit 50, 60, 70 a year. Um, but we're in, a, we're in Saskatchewan, we're very seasonal on weddings and, um, 30, 30 was a lot. And, if you think about it, there, there's only 17 Saturdays from the beginning of June to the end of September. Uh, so booking just 15 weddings in a year is actually pretty good. Like it's probably mostly the summer and it's probably most of those weekends. But to hit 30, like that was, that was a pretty big milestone for me. That was six years ago and I haven't done it since then. And part of me feels like a failure. I ask myself questions like, am I on the way out? which is a valid question because I've seen my fair share of photographers come and go since I started doing this. When only looking at a metric like that, it's discouraging, but it's a really stupid metric. It's just a vanity data point. It doesn't paint a complete picture of what I do. You want to feel good about what you do and where you're at, but you need to look at the larger picture. You don't want to just focus on vanity metrics because they can make you feel good even if you're not doing good. So, you know, like they're, they're comparative. They're, you know, it'd be like, oh, how many weddings did you book? Oh, well, I booked this many. And it doesn't mean anything. You want to look at data and, and indicators instead that are actually uh, showing where you're at, showing if you're doing better or worse. Um, you need to look at a trend line. Money, money's a good indicator, but it's also kind of a funny one because you could have a lot of sales and no profit leaving you with just high revenue and less income than before. And I've actually had that where our company made quite a bit more money the one year versus the one before, but we spent a lot more on things. And, um, it was a significant, I think I made like 20% less on the, uh, my QuickBooks, um, that second year. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. I made Like the difference was actually like staggering. Um, We made had a lot more revenue, and I took home uh, like twenty or maybe maybe thirty percent less. Um, So, for example, if you if you sell a million T-shirts for five bucks, you have five million in sales. If it costs you four ninety nine per shirt, you've only made ten thousand dollars. So, like a million pennies is only ten grand. And you could make double that working for minimum wage. so just kind of like you need to you need to have real numbers and, and sales is like a funny number because it's like you know, you know Amazon um, for years would sell billions of dollars of stuff and have run a run a deficit. I don't even know if they make money now. They're subsidized heavily by the government. So then how do you really measure where you're at? like how do you actually? get a picture and metrics that you can rely on and indicate where you're at, where you're trending. And so that's what today I wanted to just chat about. Um, I've kind of, I've been on a journey the last 18 months and um, being at home, our kids are out of school and uh, they're being taught remotely. And uh, it's bringing up a lot of things that, um, you know, I'm I'm learning that are really crucial to, A really good life. So here it is. Here it is. Here's how you decide on indicators so you can see where you're going. You have to know, step one, you have to know where you want to be before you can know if you're heading in the direction, the right direction. Like it's simple, but if you don't have an idea of what the big picture is, and in my case as a wedding photographer, uh, more weddings is, is a fine metric. Um, but it's, it's also like, it, it's just like, that's just a little part of my life. Like, you know, I have a whole life besides, um, being a photographer. I have a wife, I have three kids. Um, I have my own hobbies I like to do. Um, you know, so if I only measure that one thing, you know, my life could be falling apart and yet uh, I could still say, Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, so that's not a good metric. So you want to have something that has like a big picture. So you need to know where you're at. So once you have a dream, this is step two. Once you have a dream or idea, so you kind of pick like what that looks like. You need to turn it into a reality. So what would it actually look like if you were there? So maybe you want to shoot 100 weddings a year. How, what would that look like? Um, Maybe you want to own a business. What does that look like? Paint a detailed picture. How much would you be working? How much money would you need to make for that to be true? you know, you want six six months off in the Bahamas. Well, then you got to earn all your money in the other six months. You know, what's it going to look like? And you'll find like painting that picture, um, make it real, make it like, put the numbers and put the data in so you can see what it would look like. And you'll probably find like, you know, certain things are practical and certain things aren't, aren't. And and you can dream bigger than you could get. Like, you know, put some luck in there. Like if everything goes your way, what could it look like? Um, Would you have a team? How big would that team be? You know, all those things. What would your day-to-day look like? Then, step three, you need to turn that into actionable steps. Like, how would you actually get there? So you have that big picture. You know, you can put it at five years out. You could put it at two years out. You know, maybe you want to be debt-free. I don't know what it is. Paint that picture and then figure out uh, a timeline. And the first thing you need to do is pick the steps to get there. You know, if you're trying to get rid of debt, the first thing you need to do is figure out how much debt you have. And it seems like a simple question, but you only have to sit down or make a couple phone calls, bring your bank statements together and put that all together. Um, Figure out how much money you make a month and then put that against your your bills um, and start doing some math. Um, So actionable steps. Part of that could be growing your team. It could be investing in a new thing. It could be getting cash. Maybe you just need cash. Like maybe it's you need to go to the bank to get money. Um, maybe for like a key piece of equipment or you need to get funding from like a venture capitalist. It doesn't matter, but you need to know that it's a step. Because if someone's like, hey, how's your thing going? Ah, it's going good. Oh, what's what's in the way of you getting there? Uh ah, we, we're still waiting on funding. It's like, okay, well, who have you asked? no one. Okay. So you're like literally doing nothing to get there. So you need to know what you are, what your steps are. So you can, um, can know if you're moving towards them every day or not. Um, step four, you need to create an order of what comes first. So, uh, one of our examples is, um, we're growing our team and, uh, What do you need to grow a team? Well, there's a few things. You need time and training for new people. But before that, you need money to be able to hire people. So you need to grow and earn enough revenue to actually pay people. And then you get people and now you're paying people to do something that you were probably doing before by yourself and you're making the same amount of money, but now you're giving it to someone. But what you gain when you do that is you gain this capacity to produce. And so then you have to go, so you find a new team, you train them, and then you need to need to find more work to fill your time and your team's time. And it's it's like, what comes first? Well, the first thing is I need more cash or I need to take a cut in my pay and pay someone else to be on my team. And you have to do that because you have to think long-term. And so, you know, you have a dream you know, you're suffering technically when you give someone money that you could have kept. Um, But when you have that bigger dream, like, you know where you're going to, it's like, oh man, if we get there, then there'll be lots more to go around. Maybe I don't have to do that one thing I didn't like to do. You know, I don't like doing my books. So I have a bookkeeper. When I was starting out, I had, I couldn't have a bookkeeper. So Um, my books are better than they've ever been and uh, they're done and I don't have to do them. And it's awesome. Um, step five, you get to work. So it's pretty simple. In other words, you need a plan. This is something I wasn't taught in school. It's actually a skill to learn how to plan, like to, to be a planner is a skill and you get good at it by doing it. Um, if you're already good at this and some people are definitely, definitely good at this, uh, naturally. And some people have to really work at it, but if you're good at it, and you can get good at it. You, if you're not, um, you're going to be valuable. You're going to be really valuable in the world. No matter where you go, if you can plan, um, you'll, you'll always have a place that you can fit in and help. Um, pe- there's tons of different types of people in the world. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, I'm one of the, I'm a visionary. You could call it. I have big dreams. Um, and I've learned like, that's good. And some people really struggle with that and it's not bad that they can't have like visions are hard for some people to have. Like, what could it look like? What could it be like? What could my life be like? There's people, usually the people who are good at that aren't necessarily the ones good at getting there. They're not sure how to get there, but they know you can. And so you put people who can plan with people who have a vision and I would probably Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak are like a pairing like that. Um, you know, you have these teams or these people and they, they really complement each other. So you need to have that. You need to learn how to plan and you need to make a vision for what that looks like. So I, in my, my case, I'm the one um, having making my own vision. And uh, it's probably my favorite thing to do. So you want to have a vision. If you stuck to it, like kind of make it based on this. If you stuck to it and um, understanding the steps it takes to get there, uh, that, that's like the skill. That's the skill you want. You need to figure out those steps. So I'm going to give a little story here. We've been homeschooling our children for the past six weeks. I mentioned that earlier. Um, well, technically they, they have the same teachers. We had a bit of a break, but their teachers are now in this place. It's unprecedented. They're giving, uh, my 10 year old and my seven year old work over zoom and using different apps to get them, um, their assignments. And, uh, connect with all the students. And, uh, you know, it's a big shift for them. And it's a big shift for, for my wife and I uh, as parents. Um, there's a huge missing part, though, I've noticed. Um, when my kids aren't in the classroom versus when they were. So when kids are in class, they have teachers there, and the teachers are actually managing the students. Students need to be managed somewhat to some level. Every And, and different grades are diff- have different needs, and different students have different needs. what we've found is that distance learning, we are, the distance learning that my children are doing now, it leaves the managing to my wife and I, Crystal and I, um, we have to be aware of what their teacher is asking of them. And probably even better than their, they, my kids know, and perhaps even better than the teacher, because in the classroom, they, the teacher could just have it all in their head. They don't have it necessarily written down, um, but they're there to manage the kids and, you know, keep them on track. And uh, I actually found this really frustrating at first. Our kids didn't have access to their teachers for all the small, simple questions, which compounded into inaction on assignments and procrastination, which you could say, you know, like, who, who's to blame there? Well, funny question. It's like, whose account, like, whose, whose responsibility is it to get the work done? And it's like, well, technically, um, you know, you could be in one of two camps it's the teacher's job to make the kids do the assignments. On the other hand, that's not really like real life. Um, and, you know, my wife and I could just brute force it. We could we could do it for them. Um, but I think there's a better option to all this. Um, Crystal and I knew we had to figure this out. Um, but we decided early on that this could be a learning opportunity for, for my 10-year-old and my 7-year-old Jet and uh, uh, Roxy. Instead of just managing my kids... Um, like their teacher would, we decided to teach them how to manage themselves, how to see that big picture. Cause like in real life, we have to do it all ourselves. You know, our time, our money, our food, you know, like the fr- what's left in the fridge, what groceries we gotta buy. There's a lot of parts in life and, and you know, to learn to manage that, that's a, that's a pretty pretty important skill. What a great opportunity for my wife and I to teach our children that skill. Um, we started by telling our children that if an assignment wasn't completed for any reason, including not knowing it was due, that it was still, uh, there on them. And there was a penalty for it. They didn't think that was fair. And that's where it's like, you know, banks don't care if you forgot about an automatic withdrawal and, you know, had an NSF fee, like they don't care. And real, in real life, like, you make decisions and it's, if you forget or not, it's up to you. You know, you forget to pay a parking ticket. It goes from 30 bucks to 50 bucks. You know, you could say that's not fair, but really it's, you know, you could have just paid for parking in the first place, you know. It all, uh, you know, started from there for for us. Uh, we were like, okay, hey, we need to teach these kids. We have an opportunity here. And I think it would empower my kids and teach them a skill for life. So we started uh, with... Two pieces of paper. And uh, it's not actually that much different than what I do for my business. So what we did, we took a sheet of paper, one for each each of our kids, and we gathered all of the assignments and expectations their teacher had asked. So for Roxy, it was like 30 minutes of reading a day. Um, and then multiple assignments. The multiple assignments were all, all due on the same day of the week. Um, then she had assignments from different teachers. She's in grades, uh, five and, uh, she has an art teacher and she has like her teachers are, you know, when you're like in kindergarten, you have one teacher, but when you, uh, get older, as you get older, your teachers are different. Your music teacher is different. Um, your science teacher is different. And, uh, so we had to gather all the expectations and this is something that in high school you'd have to do anyway. So as you get older, that happens. So we, we put them all on a list and, uh, with all this technology shift, um, you know, there the teachers would have different assignments and requests in different apps and places. So that was, and you know, this is a learning, learning opportunity for, for the teachers. And, uh, you know, this is our first time having to teach this way. So, you know, there's not going to be a perfect, um, you know, master sheet of all the assignments and all the due dates. And it's probably good because now we have to take this on our ourselves. So, um, Oh, here we go. I lost my place on my notes. So we took all those, all those assignments. We put them all in one sheet and we included the due date. Every time there's a new assignment, it goes on that sheet. Every time, uh, usually the assignments are given the same time, but it's up to my children to have that up to date. Now me and my wife make sure we know, but then we just ask the kids, is there anything else missing? Did they add a new assignment? Was there any other requests? The next step we did uh, was we created a, on a second piece of paper we created a calendar where our kids could divide the work across the weekdays so that it wouldn't pile up so the, my daughter's teacher puts everything due on Friday I asked I asked Roxy I was like hey if we if we just did it all Friday Thursday night would that be too much do you think yeah and then it was like well then you have to read every day are you just gonna read like you know an hour it was 30 minutes a day so even if you just read weekdays are you gonna read two and a half hours straight on Thursday before Friday, you know, she's like, no, that wouldn't be fun. And I was like, okay, here's the due dates. You can pick how you do. Do you want to do this one today, tomorrow, or Thursday? Do you want to do this one today, tomorrow, or Thursday? And then we just put them across, spread out the work, and uh, made it so at a glance, we could see all their assignments and all they had to do for the day. Um, Our kids really understood it now. Like they understood that there's this big picture. It's not just a little bit of work um but it's a, a little bit of work if you do it every day i learned a lot for myself doing that um the most most important thing i can do is be aware of where everything is at and where things are heading so in the past year and a half i've been growing this skill i've learned that my wife and i need to have a clear picture of our children's lives and they need to know it too i've learned that at our studio everyone needs everyone working needs to know where we are and where we want to be like we have a team and they're kind of like, you know, you could call them work children, I guess. Um, you know, they're they're looking to me for what to do. And it's like, OK, if you know where we're trying to go, you are more empowered to help me get there or help us get there because we're a team. It's a company, you know, it's bigger than just me um, and everybody plays their part. So for our company, we've built a roadmap of what the future looks like for Studio D and MJ and Co., We make decisions and and take action in ways that get us closer to those goals. So at the age of 34, I have a road, I have a roadmap to uh, 57. I started a 25 year plan that I can adjust and change every three months. So I have a 25 year plan. I'm 18 months into it and I have some pretty big dreams. And the best part about all this is we are moving towards them and we're we're ahead of schedule. Things are going actually twice as fast as I thought they would. Um, a couple of our three-year goals that I started a year and a half ago, we're already at, uh, we've already hit a couple of them. And that makes sense because I have five of them. I should, you know, it's not like all three of them are going to line up at the finish line. So a couple of them are done. We only have a couple or three left to go. And uh, I I have that roadmap. I know where I'm at. I have 18 months left for three more things to happen. And I'm pretty confident we're going to actually get there. So this is my metric. I have these steps. I have a way to see where I'm at and where I'm going. And I can change that. I can change that plan. I can adjust it, tweak it. You know, if I don't like one thing, I can change it. And this is a thing because it's probably going to change because I'm just learning how to do it. But I feel, I feel dangerous. I feel like I can, I can do anything uh, if I put my mind to it. I feel like I'm just getting started. So if you're like me and you know you want more than just vanity metrics that make you feel good and would, would rather focus on a big dream of yours, I'd highly recommend you learn how to quarterly plan. This, this coming June, and every three months after that, actually, um, I work with a company called Measurable Genius. This quarter, they are doing the event digitally instead of in person. And this, this makes it a really, really cool opportunity. Um, this will be my seventh one. And, uh, so the the other six were cool. They were in Calgary at a hotel, catered food. It was really nice. Um, three days, um, we're going to be doing it in June and you can do it digitally now. It's more accessible than ever. And I'd like to personally invite you, um, in the description of our podcast, there's going to be a link to find out more, more information. If you, um, have any questions, send me a message, um, on Instagram, Matt at Matt Ramage TV or, uh. Send me an email, Matt at mattramich.com. I'd love to chat with you about it. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do is just chat about growth and business. Um and, you know, if you have questions, um, I'm I would love to. It'd be my pleasure. So check it out if that's of interest to you. And uh I hope I hope you like that. This was a this is like a fun podcast for me to write. Um, you know, we're six almost seven weeks, I guess, into a quarantine that we've shut our studio down and uh you know, things are changing, things are opening back up slowly. And, uh, you know, I have these metrics to, to, you know, know where I'm going, know where I'm headed. And especially in a year like this year, you know, we have lots of weddings that are getting moved and that, that number. I I bet the amount of weddings I shoot this year will probably be the lowest I've had in, um, you know, nine years. And, uh, it's okay because that's not my metric. My metric is bigger than that. And, uh, I view this as like a small part of a big picture. And, uh, you know, if you can give yourself, um, something bigger to look at better to aim at, uh, I think it's Jordan Peterson says you need to have something to aim at and, uh, or else you have no idea <laughs> you need a direction of something like you need to know where you're aiming at or else you're not going to know where you're headed. So, um, I hope that's helpful. Um, if you haven't already, Join my creators group on Facebook. Um, There's a link also for that in the description of this podcast. We'll chat soon.